Yes, hello, I am James Rodens, and today it's the Dubbing Art 347. What a huge show as we brace for Impact. We've got all the action since Sacrifice, and before we go into Impact, we uh, had our WrestleMania podcast on the Wednesday, of course, the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett joining the WNR, and then on the Thursday, the day after, well, it happened again this time last year. There was a raft of WWE releases, and exactly the same date as well, the 15th of April, uh, WWE have confirmed the release of 10 superstars. Samoa Joe, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, Mickey James, Chelsea Green, Tucker, Kalisto, Mojo, Rawley, Bo Dallas, Blake have all been cut from the roster. Now, of course, Wesley Blake might not be a surprise. Bo Dallas is a little bit of a shame, of course, because of the connections with Bray. And while they never did a, a tag team together, I just don't know. Uh, Mojo Rawley, again, nothing personal, but, you know... I've been saying for years that he should be released, and it finally has happened. Uh, Kalisto is a bit of a shame because he's really, really talented. Of course, the match um, against the Usos at TLC still remembered for me. Uh, Tucker, of course, been noticed and then been just chopped. Chelsea Green, uh, that is Matt Cardona's wife, and uh, looks like she might be heading to Impact. Uh, W legend Mickey James, of course, uh, her husband is the NWA heavyweight champion. Uh, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, the Iconics. I mean, uh, me, uh, Jackson and myself were thinking that you know maybe they would appear at WrestleMania. Of course, Billy Kay did. Uh, but that is that for them. I don't know what happened there. And, of course, Samara Joe. And that's huge news because he was on commentary for taking off and the rumour was back on the roster. And we were wondering if he might be uh, challenged Samara, uh, Roman Reigns. But, of course, uh, he hasn't been cleared to compete. And what, where does he go from that? And I think all of them will be welcome in Impact Wrestling. Of course, Slammiversary last year was huge because of the WWE arrivals. And again, you know, you look at... I mean, if they can get the Iconics for their knockout tag team division, I mean, that would be iconic. Uh, and I think Samoa Joe, with the history that he's got with Impact Wrestling, I mean, of course, everybody's saying AEW. But the thing is, with Joe, with Impact, even if it is just a couple of appearances to kind of, um, you know... Bolster his uh, legend, so to speak. And speaking of impact, we are going to start off now with the 16th of March. It's Sacrifice Fallout. Our first match was Finn Juice versus Triple XL. Your winners were Finn Juice. This is a jobber team, and the unhealthiest looking wrestler in AC lost a longer than usual squash because Finn Juice had just won the Impact Tag Team titles. And the Good Brothers make their way and make excuses saying they weren't prepared for the match of sacrifice. Good brothers say they want their titles back, and Finn Juice tell them that's fine, but they have to wait as they're going back to Japan. Well, then we see Sammy Callahan, who repeats the fact that Trey Miguel doesn't have the passion, nor does any of his students. He can't get the job done tonight, and we embarrass Trey Miguel and make an example out of it. Passion. Uh, Scott DeMore blames Good Brothers for losing the tag titles to New Japan, but they will be back next month. They need to go and put this right. And Tommy Dreamer walks in and disappointed they have no tag team titles. DeMore says that, yeah, they lost the titles to a company that's hated them for years. It's just like the company going under. It's not hard, right? Just do it like what happened with Dreamer and Heyman 20 years ago. Hardcore Justice is coming up, and guess Tommy wants to show how it's done by booking a show. Funnily enough, Tommy already has a card set up. And Scott approves. Next match, Jake something with James Storm and Chris Saban versus Rhino with Violent by Design. Uh, Rhino wins with the gore. Uh, Violent by Design destroy Jake James Storm and Chris Saban after the match. It's, it's not a bad match, but who will be the faces? Who will come to help them out? Uh, we see the other products that can believe Susan Fire and Flavor and Neil Dashwood argue among themselves, but the knockouts champ tells not to be cliche and find a way to get on the same page. And somehow it happens, but Dashwood doesn't get to share a quote before everyone leaves. 
We then get Rohit Raju versus Shearer. Uh, the winner, Rohit Raju, the old feet on the ropes for the win trick. This feud is not over. And then Willie Mack congratulates his friend Swan. I want to say it's in the ring, though. And here comes the unified Impact World Heavyweight Champion, Rich Swan. He can't lie. Sacrifice is probably the hardest thing he had to go through in his life. Swan has made his sacrifices. Saturday, he and Moose went out there and proved Impact is one of the best companies with the best talent. He may despise Moose and how he carries himself, but he respects him. That sacrifice, it just seems to be your boy Rich Swan who's riding that stallion because he came out double champion. That's unthinkable, unspeakable, and he did it. He went out there Saturday and he parted all night, Sunday, Monday, and today. In January, he had a monk on his back called Kenny Omega. He pinned him back then, but now it so happens that he'd come back around. On April 24th, Rich will come out here and rep Impact Wrestling as Unified Champ and take on another company's top champion. There will be no Good Brothers, a Moose, or a Chris Sabin. This is one of the most important things to happen in the history of wrestling. And Rebellion, he will be champion is, and the real best wrestler in the world. Well, here comes Don Callis. Rich has no idea how proud Don is right now. He senses a little hesitation, but he likes to talk history. You know that Don is a huge Rich Swan guy. He fought to side Rich Swan to Impact. When he broke his leg, he fought to make sure his family got that check, and he's integral to the company. It's not that like they have much in common, but he has an eye for talent. He fought to put Swan in the main event of Bound for Glory, a shiny toy he was so proud of. He moves on to the subject of Kenny Omega and his chic. There will always be something you desire more in. In Don's case, it was with Omega. Let's be positive. He has a big night after winning the titles. But did he wake up in the middle of the night thinking about the one-winged angel? At the end of the day, you can't change history. At hard to kill, he got the one-winged angel. As much as Don loves one, Omega is just that much better. He is a god in pro wrestling. That's a fact. Think about the history. When Kenny pinned a Carter, when he wrestled Moxie for the AEW title, he was there. And when you listen on commentary, do you know what you hear? One-winged angel. One-winged angel. And it's over. And now Swan gets to be a part. Someone gets to walk out here with both belts. But Rich, my friend, the problem for him is the case is that he's already written that history. Sleep well, brother. Don Lee Swan completely bewildered. This was actually brilliant. Swan winning would be good in so many different ways. Uh, Tony and Tony here plugging St. Patrick's Day Dynamite. Of course, we'll bring in the action with the ultimate one next weekend. And one's an insult thrown in packs by this time. Maybe Tommy Dreamy's tweet got to them. Uh, Brian Myers walks in Cardona. He asks... Myers, what his problem is, he just doesn't want him there. He wants impact to himself and he doesn't want to be associated with him anymore. Get out of here, Cardona. And then Deanna Perazzo, Kimberly, Susan, Tanil Dashwood, Vira Flavor versus Jordan Grace, Jazz, ODB, Havoc, and Avaya, and Alicia Edwards. Grace's team with Jazz's submission on Kimberly. This was brilliant. A showcase of Impact Women's Division. A face get the wins with the heels still have the gold. And then we see Ace Austin once again stand tall at the top of the X Division. It was pure poetry at sacrifice, the inevitable way. He knocked TJP down a peg, but last week Chris Bay said he lost to him. Just Alexander takes exception to that. He's a real normal contender. TJP walks in front of the line, but Austin tells him to go to the back. Scott Demore's already agreed TJP will get his rematch, so he doesn't need to wait in line. And then Hardcore Justice was announced for April 10th. And my thoughts, do you know what people to watch it? You're going to put it on the same day as WrestleMania Night 1. And then Sammy Callahan versus Trey Miguel. I mean, Trey looked for a top rope move, but Callahan expertly manipulated Brian Heber, providing a momentary distraction that allowed him to deliver the package pile driver off the ropes. He finished Miguel moments later with a package pile driver for 
the win. Uh, I thought the save was a pay-per-view, but the rematch, of course, uh, looks like it's going to be at the Rebellion pay-per-view. This was a good show overall. There's no doubt about it. You know, the fallout from Sacrifice, a huge night, like we said, with Finjuice winning the titles, Rich Swan as double champ, and it sets the stage for the next pay-per-view. Will Hardcore Justice get in the way? We don't know. Move on to the 23rd of March, and we start off with Jella Prazzo versus Jazz. And uh, they kicked off the show here, and we see a pinfall attempt, a trap interrupted by Susan, who draped Prazzo's foot over the rope. Grace attempted to cut Susan off at ringside, but had a shoe to the face. Moments later, the suit wearing manager talking heel hopped on the apron and blasted Jazz with the same shoe, allowing the knockouts jump to score the tainted victory. I mean, Jazz looked good, but the end was terrible. This would lead to a rematch, but Susan getting involved, he just kind of blah. And the good brothers are not welcome in the locker room. Eddie was just told them to get out. Rosemary laughs at them for losing their titles. This was good shit. Well, Swingers, Palace is open for business. Daddy, the cash is also flowing and they keep dealing the cards. We get a few testimonials of how great Swingers Palace is. It really isn't. But Hit Raju tells Falabar he's an embarrassment. He wants to give him a fist later on in the ring. Rahit is a very great heel. Uh, he reminds me a little bit of MJF and the kind of arrogance. I don't think Rahit gets the credit maybe he deserves because it's impact. Uh, then we see the X-Division Championship, Ace Austin with Manman Fulton versus TJP. The challenger tried for a detonation kick, but Austin escaped. He did not a second time low, and TJP followed with a Mamba splash. Fulton broke up the count, drawn the disqualification. He beat down TJP with Austin until Josh Alexander made a save, chasing the heels off with the steel chair. Uh, we saw some beautiful chain wrestling. This is great chemistry. It's a really, really good match. And another match ending interference. Uh, it is great to see Josh show up. But where is Chris Bay at this moment in time? We don't know where he is, but we know where Matt Cardona is. Because he said he came to him back because all he ever wants to do is be a bro wrestler. him since his debut at Hard to Kill before Miller transitioned to Myers. Cardona repeatedly said he did not come to him about wrestling to follow Myers or steal the spotlight. He ended the promo by challenging his podcast partner to a one-on-one match. We knew this was coming, and I'm personally really looking forward to it. Uh, Dream wants to book a barbed wire exploding death match. Uh, not really. Tommy wants Trey to learn for his mistakes. That was quite a funny backstage skit. And then Rohit Raju versus Fala Bar. And Bar flattened Rohit, but the mucker skinned Malamal answered with a jumping knee. He rolled out the way with a sit flash and rolled Bar up for the win. Do you know what? I'm actually becoming a bit of a fan of Rohit. And then during a paid ad segment, Tony Schroni announced that uh, on Dynamite, Kenny Omega will fight Matt Seidel in a world title eliminating if Seidel is victorious. He will get a future shot against Omega for Omega's AEW world title. Omega was in a little bit standoffish as he corrected Khan for thinking that Seidel even having a chance of beating him. Omega says there's approximately a 0% chance of Seidel winning. This is what Kenny Omega said. No, Tony, see, I did the math. That's approximately a 0% chance of that happening. Carnish running and then caught off guard a bit when Kenny Omega walked out halfway through the paid ad, but continues in a second by announcing the match is taking place on Dynamite. Then we see Kenny Omega return to the site of his victory of Rich Swan, accompanied by Don Callis in the impact zone. Callis recapped the conversation with Swan from last week, Omega adding the occasional soundbite. The impact executive vice president Omega both emphasised that no one has ever kicked out of the one-winged angel, potentially up a key moment in the upcoming match with Swan. Callis said he's ready and willing to do whatever it takes to ensure the success and legacy of Omega. He suffered a hill's throw to a video package highlighting Omega's one-winged angel. Omega says Swan's name will be etched alongside him in history, but only as a footnote. Omega says his arrival in impact was the best moment in the promotion's life. For him, though, it was a Tuesday. Nothing more, nothing less. McLean said no one will pry the impact in TNA World titles. He will win a rebellion from him until he's cold and dead 
into the ground. I mean, it is getting a little bit self-indulgent, isn't it? It is a kind of laugh and a joke. And I know it's a type of heel, but I, I think, you know, this is what AEW thinks. I mean, it's just similar to Heyman and Reigns in the case of, you know, you kind of got Don Callis there. I think it's the other way around. Callis does more talking for Omega than Heyman does for Reigns, which is really, really uh, impressive as well through that. Omega mentioned Ibusha. Uh, it's got to be the end game. And of course, we're going to have a New Japan update in May uh, as well. And of course, there's some big, big news going down there. So maybe not total for total as we saw. Um, Don said he's good at sucking. I'm not going to disagree. Rhino didn't need to be taught to be violent. He was born that way. He just needs to be woken up. Eric Young has brought back the war machine. Rhino, this would be good for him. The widest pro res- professional wrestler in history. And then Fire and Flavor talks smacked in a fire and havoc. Steps up his plate and earned that L. And then Tanil and Caleb Rakesha up and asked Navaya to be her partner. It doesn't end well. And then Ace of Romero with Larry D versus Trey Miguel. Uh, Romero caught with a body shattering pounce. He can only keep two low. Uh, the babe face survived. And then delivered a meteora and earned a hard full win. After the match, Larry D attacked on his partner two on beat down on Miguel. And then static engulfed the impact as own. As uh, Sammy Callahan then cleared the ring in the hills, leaving Miguel to wonder what just happened. This story is evolving. Everybody watching uh, Impact for the first time would have seen Falabar and Ace Romero, the two most unhealthiest looking professional wrestlers uh, having a match on this. I mean, of course, AC is nothing one. It is number one. And then backstage, after what Omega said tonight, do you think Jive Talker's going to get in Rich Swan's head? He battles adversity. Broken backs, broken legs. He is a top dog. One wing and angel got the job done, but take everything he's got and he's got Kenny's number. He's got a couple of tricks to avoid. The one winged angel and then Scott Moore tells James Storm that scene as he's talking, uh, taking about his uh, 1,000th match with Eric Young. Impact go back to his roots by having that match next week. And then Eddie Edwards versus Anderson. Eddie evaded a stun gun, delivered a rolling elbow. He rolled Anderson up, but the heel kicked out, sending his opponent directly into a steel chair, expertly placed by Gallows. Anderson benefited for the victory. Post-match, Finjus broke the good brothers with satellite. The tag team titles are in Japan with them. This was a good match and another good show. And then we heard Eric Young has suffered a torn ACL Impact's most recent set of television tapings. He will be out of action for six to nine months. He said, it's the first time I've injured and I missed my first festival show this Friday. I booked on 24 years of doing it. So it's frustrating. I've never been injured uh, been hurt lots, but never been injured, and he's going to have surgery soon. He said he still had his match against James Storm on Impact, plus two more times during the tapings. What a man. Move on to the 30th of March. Before the show, we see Future Finjus going with the Impact Tactical Titles in Japan. We also get a recap of the feud between Kenny Omega and Rich Swan. Our first match, Havoc Navaya versus Fire and Flavor. Kira Hogan and Tash Stills. Fire and Flavor win with a fog splash. Uh, this was a good match to start the show. Navarra attacked and then spears Havoc afterwards. Seems they weren't on the same page after all. She calls Havoc the weak link. We have been waiting for this. Uh, James Storm is ready for his thousandth match in Impact Wrestling. As much as this should be a celebration, it's more of a dedication because for a man who has made many matches, he wasn't even supposed to have one. He and Chris House were taken in by Bob Ryder, who'd recently passed away, and they were used, and the rest is history. Tonight, he's bringing it to Eric Young and his friends. He has some, has some friends of his own, though, in Chris Sabin and Jake Something, 
They pop another surprise for him. It's Chris Harris. America's Most Wanted are reunited. They hug it out and Harris congratulates him together. This was lovely. Of course, America's Most Wanted, the most popular in TNA, especially in the early years. We then see Deanna Pratso's with Susan. She just became Knockouts champ for a second time. She has become unstoppable. Susan thinks Jazz is reckless for taking out Kimberlene. Serve more than what she got. Jazz blindsides Susan and knocks her out. And then Sammy Callahan versus Larry D. Sammy Callahan with rope guillotine pile driver. Uh, this was longer than it should have been. It was okay, though. Ace Romero attacks Callahan from behind and leaves him laying. Sammy's laughing and smirking. Apparently, Trey Miguel passed the, t- the story continues. Uh, we see footage of Finn Juice this time forming in the ring of New Japan. Good stuff. Uh, Don Callis thinks that Finn Juice is looking good, but the good brothers don't understand why he's impressed. Don says he don't have the belts and he wants to put the one-winged angel video on again. Anderson has seen it eight times already. They do a bit whispering to keep something secret. Sammy Callahan finds Trey and says it isn't here to fight. He helps him out last week, so why wouldn't he return the favour? Callahan does everything for a reason. This is what Trey needs. He needs to use his anger and take it to the next level. Chance he wants to be Trey's mentor. He's offering Trey the chance to uh, carry Impact Wrestling into the next lifespan. But he doesn't give a damn about any of that. He wants to wrestle Triple XL next week and wants Trey to be his partner. But his reply is, hell no. Callahan tells him to think about it. Up next, Suicide versus Brian Myers. And Brian Myers win with the roster cut Lariat. This was a squash. He then grabs the mic, says Mark Cardona challenged him to a match, but you can see through him he just wants to rub, but it's not going to happen in Impact Wrestling because it's his. He is a franchise of Impact and it doesn't include him. I'll tell you something, Myers is taking this game up another level. And then Jazz asks Tommy Dreamer if he sees Scott Demore. He wants Diana Perazzo. Dreamer asks if she remembers Ultimate Jeopardy from ECW. Asks if she wants to face Diana. And if she wins, she gets the title. If she loses, then she has to give something up. She offers to put her career on the line. Dreamer thinks that's a little far, but Jazz is positive. That's what she wants, and she won't lose. And then Tony Khan telling Sean everybody back. Dynamite is going to be stacked this week. There's going to be some great wrestling. Khan says that Kenny Mayer becomes Impact World Champion. Their problems will become his problems. He controls the wrestling world. He is a forbidden door. And all bookers of Kenny Mayer go through him. That's what Triple A found out. Shivani tells us the rest of the card. We get Swinger's Palace Daddy. Johnny Bravo tells Swinger the bets for Rebellion looking great. He pleads with Swinger to let him go to the toilet, but he's just giving a cup. He make a walk in and Swinger says he remembers this guy from TNA. Don thinks they're going to need to be tested after visiting this place. They have come to find what the odds are of Omega winning. Don shows Swinger the one-winged angel video and the odds for Kenny go through the roof. The Swinger Lair's looking impressed. Callis places a big wager on Kenny winning. The Swinger's happy to be rolling in the cash, Daddy. This was shit. Uh, TJP and Josh Alexander versus Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. Your winner is uh, Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. Josh is class. I mean, Madman did most of the lift in this one, but it's good match given time. And then Don Callis catches up with Willie Mack. Um, Don has big plans for Willie. He wants to show him a certain video. Mack doesn't look impressed with the one-winged angel. Rich Swan walks in. Apparently, Omega loves his finishing move and can't wait for him not to kick out of it. Rich said it was Don wasn't his boss. He'd slap the hell out of him and mocks the original Sheik. Callis takes off his glasses and says for the next few minutes, he is not his boss. He wants to go with Rich right now, but it's a trap. Kenny Omega, it's a trap! Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers attack Swan and Mac. Eddie Edwards jumps in and they fight him off. Bastards. Rahit Raju wants to team up with Hernandez, but he doesn't want to be part of that unless he has the money. Raju quickly backtracks out of there. 
Eric Young finds it funny that Storm challenged him in his thousandth match. Violent though I design had been cleansed by the holy waters of change. You want to know what a thousand matches means to me? It means Storm is too far gone. This company was built on the backs of men. The future of this world hangs in the balance. This world doesn't belong to you. It belongs to us. Gavin's a knockout division announces Jazz challenge to Deanna Pratt. So Tommy asks Susan about her friend Sue, but she has no idea what he's talking about. Susan doesn't like any of his ideas. She gets a headache and walks out. Drew returns back to the knockouts and tells them there will be a scramble match beside the number one contender. Oh, and weapons will be allowed. And then the knockouts are happy about all this. All this. All except Tennille, because you don't put weapons around a masterpiece. She and Caleb are okay. We'll talk to Scott about this. Havoc tells Jimmy she loves this. Rosemary gets in his ear and says, Man. Then Alicia Edwards asks Tommy what the rules are for this. Tommy asks Scott and Eddie to come to get Alicia. He doesn't get her appeal. And then the main event, James Storm with Chris Sabin, Jake something. Uh, and Chris Harris versus Eric Young with Violent by Design. Winner James Storm with a last call and assist from Chris Harris. Uh, James Storm dedicates match to the late Bob Ryder, RIP. This was a good main event. Told the story of Impact history. I loved Chris Harris' involvement and young wrestling with the injury as well. It's not about so more about what's to come. And commentators, of course, put over the move to Thursday. So it is the first Impact back on Thursday, April 8th. And we start off uh, Alicia, Levi, and Tennille Dashford with Caleb McKay versus Jaden Grace. Havoc Rosemary. Uh, folks, this was a great way to start. Grace killed Caleb McKay with a top rope service either. Really fun match. All good talent. Divine Havoc had their problems. Both end up through the table. Rosemary with a red wedding on Alicia. Winners, Grace, Havoc and Rosemary. Lindsay Mark didn't come here to fight Brian Myers. He came for an opportunity. He asked Scott to give him a match tonight. He's got something. Something specifically. Cardona will prove that he is always ready. Taylor Wilde, Vignette, let's get Wilde confirmed that she is returning soon. That is awesome. Susan is snapping. It feels like she is slowly reverting back to Susie or Sue Young. Matt Cardona versus Jake something winner. No contest because Brian Myers attacks both men. It's not a bad match till bad mood Brian gets involved. Well, Myers grabs the mic. He has had time to do some soul searching and accept his match at Rebellion. Except to take the roster cut. He does the old Raven pose. Myers looked awesome. In the land of the blind, the one eye fall is king. I like that strike. Triple uh, XL don't believe Trey Miguel when he says he isn't interested in saving Sammy Callahan tonight. They say it sounds like an excuse and he's lacking passion. Eric Young says, in every great war there are important battles. This game's same has got a match, so Storm gives Harris the rest of their chips. And it's Chris Saban versus Dina. Saban fought back and delivered the Fisherman's Buster for the two. Dina recovered and hangs Saban up on the top turnbuckles, driving the air out of him with a running knee to the ribs. The heel continues his relentless ways, raking at the eyes of Saban. The champion somehow recovered and earned the victory. Uh, Dina looked good. His offense is kind of wicked. And then Young gets on the Titan Tron. Dina gets, sets the trap for tonight. They have Chris Harris. Rhino comes in in Gore Storm. My designer played an absolute blinder. It wasn't about winning or losing for Dina. Harris down so Eric can have his way. We see Ace Austin and Madman fall to the backstage. Just Alexander interrupts this conversation. Tells him Austin is involved in a triple threat match with him at Rebellion for the X Division title. Of course, the other guy is TJP. They argue about who's going to win. Tommy Dreamer shows up to book a tag team match between them, which settles things right down. Dreaming and asks Eric Young if he thinks he can keep getting away with things. He's not buying into Young's BS about everything being a sickness, etc. Young threatens to get rid of him. Dreaming offers him a tag team match at Hardcore Justice. Young accepts but says he brought this on himself. 
Jazz gives us a backstory of her early days in wrestling. How she got an easy story, having to change how she works in WWE. In the back of her mind, she always wanted to be part of Impact. There's no way she could turn down a chance at winning Tag Team Gold. She had a chance to win the Knockouts title. And the only reason she didn't win was because of interference. At Hardcore Justice, she's putting her career on the line against Jenna Price's title. She will become champion. And then we see Price watching the package and made her emotional. It reminds her of watching wrestling as a child. Just helped to pave the way for girls like her. But what she built in the past is crushed under the rubble of what she has built. Pratsu is building a new foundation for the next generation of wrestlers. The only way to do right by Jazz is to go out there and not be defeated and give back by retiring her. This brilliant by both. And then Tommy Dreamer saw what Brian Myers did out there. He's always pissing people off. Jake something wants a match against him. Hardcore Justice, Tommy's the booker, so he's putting them against Jake something in a blind games match. In other words, it's a blindfold hardcore match. Myers thinks it's stupid and walks away ranting. And then our main event for the first Impact Thursday back is Kenny Omega with the Good Brothers versus Rich Swan, Willie Mack and Eddie Edwards. Your baby faces wipe Omega, Anderson and Gallows out with stereo dives, heading into a break. Back from the timeout, the hill sees control of the match, driving Edwards to the mat and working him over in the corner. Edwards creates separation and tagged Matt into the match. The former ex and the Gallows and Omega, he's on fire, baby. The good brothers and the AW World Champion again gain control of the match to them in a triple splash. Swan broke up the pin with a frog splash. Swan then teed off on Omega, escaped the one-winged Ains, second rope 450. Don Callis pulled him off before he could earn the pinfall victory. Anderson tagged himself in and scored the near fall on Swan. Mack and Edwards entered the fray to clear Omega and Gallows out, and Swan scored the pinfall victory over Anderson. This was Omega, even though he didn't get pinned, his first loss in Impact Wrestling. Swan looked really motivated. This was a great main event. Another really, really good impact. All right, we move on to Hardcore Justice, April 10th. Uh, we run through the car quickly, Impact Knockouts Championship versus Korea, Diana Pratsu versus Jazz. We've got Hardcore War, Violent by Design versus Team Dreamer. Number Contenders, Knockout Championship six-way match. Grace, Rosemary, Havoc, Dashwood, Alicia and Susan. Hardcore Blindfold match, Brian Myers versus Jake Something. Charlie Legal, Shira versus Ananda. Doc Gallows versus Black Taurus. But let's start a triple threat match. Ace Austin versus CJP versus Just Alexander. Who would be each's tag team partners? Well, it's going to be a fun match. And TJP has picked Fala Bar to team up with him. Um... Of course, Ace Austin has picked Madman Fulton. And Josh Alexander has signed Petey Williams as his tag team partner. We love seeing the Canadian. This was brilliant. And what great shape Petey Williams is as well. Uh, Bar Alexander started off with Bar, took some of Alexander's best shot without flinching. Williams and TJP were next, and Williams looked like he hasn't missed a beat in the impact zone. As he and TJP put in a technical clinic. Austin and Fulton gained the upper hand and worked over Bar, but Bar used his size to an advantage until Williams tagged in. Fulton and Austin's chemistry as a team was on full display as they gained the upper hand on Alexander. TJP and Bar took out Fulton and TJP hit the Mamba Splash on Austin. tagged in and tried to steal the win. Alexander got the knees up to counter TJP's Mamba Splash, and Williams hit a Canadian destroyer on TJP, then Alexander slapped on an ankle lock on Fala Bar. Uh, for the victory. This was an awesome way to start, and we love seeing Petey Williams back in action. Really, really enjoyable opener. Uh, Going to give it a three and three quarters out of five to start off. Uh, Prediction-wise, the WNR Dan came back 
So give his impact predictions. Uh, Dan went for TJP. Dub and I went for Josh Alexander. So uh, JR is 1-0 up at this point. Poll-wise, uh, Josh's team 50%. ASOS is 33%. TJP 17%. Chelly legal match next. Shearer versus Hernandez. Um, Shearer and Hernandez exchanged shoulder blocks and so no one moved, but Shearer's power soon became evident, as did Hernandez's experience. He was the first to grab a chair, but Shearer was first to use it when he body slams Hernandez on it. Shearer and his furniture rearrangement outside the ring with Big Boot by using the chairs on Hernandez, but he returned the favour by slamming him onto two others. Hernandez put chairs in the ropes in the opposite corner and threw Shearer into him and kicked Shearer's family jewels for good measure. He, Shearer Lowe managed to turn the tide with a series of clotheslines and a spine buster and they worked Hernandez over a chair on the floor. Hernandez threw a bunch of chairs in the ring, headed to the top rope when Shearer caught him and suplexed him onto a pile of chairs. Now had Shearer beat but hit Hernandez with a chair and encouraged Shearer to pin him. Uh, afterwards, Rahit pleaded his case to Shira's hand, and Shira accepted his apology. So it looks like those two are back together, and Shira gets a big win over Hernandez. Well, this wasn't the best, but I mean, what did we expect? We weren't expecting Gotch Hack and Schmidt, were we? Three out of five for that match. Prediction wise, uh, I went Shira, Dan went Hernandez. So I'm two nil up. Poll wise, Hernandez got 60% of the vote. Uh, backstage, Triple XL joins James Storm and Chris Saban for a drinking match at Swinger's Palace. And Matt Cardona came in and got into it with Swinger. Dreamer called match time and said Swinger and Cardona have a great American bash match tonight. We then get Doc Gallows versus Black Toulouse. And Toulouse's speed gave him the edge early and he hit a dragon screw through the ropes. But Gallows quickly recovered with a clothesline. Gallows dominated early as he hit Toulouse with some heavy shots. Black Toulouse gave some meant with some kicks. But Gallo's uppercut helped him regain the upper hand. Well, Gallo's took to the floor and over the guardrails. Back in the ring, Gallo's continued to dominate. As it looked like his old swagger back and it finished looking past his opponent. Torres gained the upper hand with a headbutt, a 6 9 and a missile dropkick. Anderson distracted Torres and Steve went after him. But Gallo's hit a kick and they set a powerbomb for the win. I mean, talk about filler. Decay may be my favourite entrance in Impact Low. I do love uh, the, the the way they do it, the setup, and of course the music itself. I mean, this match wasn't terrible. Two big men, but I think Gallo, Gallo's flatters to deceive sometimes. I think we expect maybe a little bit more. A three and a quarter out of five. Um, both went for Doc in this one, so it's 3-1 overall. Poll-wise, Doc got 62%. The vote in the match were not originally on the card. The Crate America Bash Cardona versus Swinger. Each corner had a crate, and each crate had a weapon inside that can be used against his opponent. Um, this is going to be interesting and quick. Now, Swinger tried to strike Cardona and went for a crate to start off, but Cardona caught him for a quick pin attempt. After hitting a snapmare, Swinger brought, <laughs> broke out Rick Flair's strut. Cardona pulled out an old Hogan pose. Swinger hit a low blow to gain the upper hand and went to work. He pulled a picture of Scott Hall in a frame, but it dropped into the ringside when Cardona went after him. That was a reference to when, and we've mentioned it on the WNR podcast as well, if you go back to the, the worst matches in 2000, Jeff Jarrett and Booker T had uh, this kind of the matchup, and Scott Hall as a pitcher was one of the options. Um, Swinger kept working on Cardona with several clean holes for trying to go for a second box, but Cardona stopped with a jawbreaker. Swinger knocked Cardona off the ropes to keep him away from a crate. That opened it and formed a rat trap that snapped closed his fingers on his left hand. Swinger collapsed on the mat every time Cardona tried to lift him up and he tried to bait Cardona and nearly got away with it. Cardona opened a crate and closed it after. Swinger found brass knuckles in the oven, but Cardona ducked and hit a body press for the win. He grabbed the last crate and took it with him, looking pleased at the side. 
Three out of five. Um, a bit pointless. I don't find swinging that funny, to be fair. Prediction-wise, both went Cardona, so four, two. Of course, this was just Alice, so there's no pull, poll. And then we saw RVD versus Sabu. I mean, there is no, really no need to show classic matches during a pay-per-view special. You're watching it to find out the talent now. Just book a couple extra matches. I'm putting this here. There can be marks for WWE sometimes, and ECW. And then we see Sammy Guevara headed to the ring. Not sorry, so Sammy Callahan, apologies uh, there. And there's a misconception about him. He's not a bad guy, he just wants best for people. We pointed out what he did for Trey Miguel when he beat him up. Brought out his passion, the trail knows his right. I was just to say, Guevara would never be an impact. Um, Callahan said he's there to teach Trey another lesson in passion. And passion is about... Talking about what you want. He wants to be on Hardcore Justice, so he puts out an open challenge to anyone in the back. And that Trey, that challenge is Trey stopped shooting. Sammy corrupts a few weeks ago. Uh, Sammy told him to take the first shot and steps back. Uh, so we see Bill missing a drop kick and Sammy hits a close line. He's Bill to give him his best shot. He then works on his fingers and bit him. Uh, he then toyed with him. It hit and exploded on the floor before casually rolling the ring to allow a count out. Bill barely made it in the ring and Sammy sarcastically applauded him. After the last by Bill, Sammy hit a package pile drive. Again, pointless. This is um, three out of five. Just bog... St- it was two and a half, you know what I mean? Bog standard stuff. Um, predictions both went Sammy. Uh, five, three, no poll. Uh, after that, all wasted time. We're back to the main card. Whole hardcore blindfold match. It's Brian Myers versus Jake something. The only way to be... Disqualified as if they remove the blindfold, sees it. Very reminiscent of uh, Jake the Snake versus Rick the Model Martel at WrestleMania as well. Uh, beat it, and ch- hit a flat line and went for a pin, but Jake was on his stomach. That was very funny. Uh, Jake then hit a series of short clotheslines while holding onto Mars' wrist, but Mars pulled the ref between them, put his mask up, and hit a couple of super kicks for reviving the ref. Mark Cardona came out with a crate from earlier, then he slid the crate to Jake, and Jake hit Mars with it and hit a black hole slam. The crate was for the wrestling action figures. This was a pretty cool match. And I loved how they worked it. Uh, this actually made me laugh, the reverse cover. Because only getting involved makes me think Myers wins at the pay-per-view. Myers looks great at the moment. Three and three quarters out of five. Prediction-wise, both went Myers. Um, first one wrong for me. Still five, three. Poll-wise, Jake something got 56% of the vote. On to the number one contenders. Impact Knockouts Championship six-way weapons match. Jordan Grace, Rosemary, Havoc, Tanil Dashwood, Alicia and Susan. And Susan came out and the music switched to Sue Young. And Sue joined her on the stage and appeared to attack or absorb her. Sue Young headed to the ring and this changes things drastically. Everyone's focused on Sue and Tanil rolled out the ring. Alicia went after Grace while Rosemary and Havoc Sue. Sue quickly went after him and Rosemary and Havoc went head to head. Alicia stapled Tanil's backside as the others slowly entered the ring, surrounded by Tanil, who dropped to her knees. Caleb tried to intercede, and Alicia stapled him. They took turns nailing with rights for a comedic break. Sue and Grace soon went after each other, and Rosemary wrapped a noose around Sue's neck and hit a spear. Rosemary dumped thumbtacks on the floor and found herself on them after Alicia reversed the slam. Sue locked a manable claw on Alicia and took her out of the ring. Havoc and Grace squared off, but Leviah threw powder in Havoc's face to give Grace the edge. Grace hit a Vader bomb on Havoc, but Caleb pulled her off. And hit Grace with super kick so Tanil could sneak in and steal the pin. This is my first experience with Sue Young. I've seen Susan. Uh, not seen Sue Young. I'm really, really going to love this. I just know it. It's kind of a feeling in the character. And the way they did it as well, the cut into using her in there was really, really well done as well. 
Really good match. I liked everyone involved. Everyone tried it. I mean, like I said, Thumbtack, Core Street fight kind of thing. The right person wanted to Neil Dashwood. Really, really good. Four out of five for me. Uh, predictions down went Jordan Grace. Uh, JR went to Neil Dashwood. So 6-3 to JR at the moment. Paul Weiss still got 57% of the vote. Rosemary, 29 and then the Swingers Palace Triple XL and Storm Saban continued their drinker match with ping pong balls and it's quickly devolved into a brawl that Saban and Storm won easily. It's pretty cool when they did their version of Vincent Mian's He's got a pin! also said glory. Uh, no, uh, sorry, Storm also said um, glorious as well, which is quite cool. And then the co-main event, which I was a bit surprised actually it wasn't the main event for what was on the line. The Impact Knockouts Championship versus the career of Jazz. Like I said, Deanna Prazzo versus Jazz. Jazz took early advantage with strikes and kicks, but Prazzo took control working on Jazz's left arm. She was relentless in her soul on the arm while mixing in pin attempts here when she controlled the match. But Jazz wasn't finished as she fought free, but Prazzo hit a flatliner for an earful. Fratso then tied Jazz up in a bottom rope and hit a basement dropkick on her injured shoulder. All the while, Jazz refused to quit. Jazz took the fight to the floor as she took over after throwing Fratso and lived from under the ring. Jazz had a great flurry of attacks and he scored a pinfall. Fratso grabbed the championship belt and swung, but Jazz ducked and hit a small drop and went for a chair. As the chair stopped, Fratso led a DDT on the chair, but it wasn't enough. Fratso hit a pump kick knee and a rolling exploder and then a Queen's Gambit for the win. This was a great match, and we're sad to see Jazz's career end, but it was a great run, and we loved every minute of it. Hashtag thank you, Jazz. Grace came out, and the two shared a moment in the ring as they held each other, and Grace helped her to defeat. Really good stuff, and Jonah seemed moved by what happened as well, so you could just tell it meant a little bit more. A four out of five. Both went with Jenna Parazzo, so it's seven, four to JR. Poll-wise, Jazz got 53% of the vote. And now on to the main event. It's a hardcore war. It's violent by design. Eric Young, Joe Doring, Rhino and Dina versus Tommy Dreamer, Swan, Mac and Edwards. But backstage, Dreamer was attacked and the doctor said he can't wrestle. Scott Demore told Edwards to go to the ring. Edwards started off but forgot his kendo stick and Dina came out with a crowbar or something. Edwards jumped in from behind and he hammered away on Dina who fought back and gained the upper hands and he exchanged blows. Edwards hit a belly-to-belly to send him to the floor, then went out afterwards. Edwards grabbed a chair, but Dina kicked him before he could use it. Edwards hit a backpack pile driver as the clock ticked down, and Rhino came out with a kendo stick. Edwards grabbed the chair, but Dina attacked from behind, and the beatdown commenced. At least the next one will come out to even the odds. Willie Mack did come out with Kenny. Edwards kendo stick, and with a chain junkyard dog, junkyard dog style, Mack took Dina and Rhino out with a chain wrapped fist, and they sent Rhino. Edwards took Kenny and wore him out with Dina. Edwards found a toaster and tossed it to Mack, and Mack placed it at Dina's junk and hit it with a chain wrapped fist. Doreen came out next, and now Doreen, but he just ran through a clothesline and a kendo stick. Next to come out was Rich Swan, and he had a table and a traffic sign. Swan hit Doreen low and high, and took Dina and Rhino with a handicap parking sign and kicks. Swan and Edwards brought the table to the ring as Eric Young came out with a hockey stick. He cleaned house with a stick and looked bleak with the numbers against Tommy Dreamer. The clock ticked down, but who will come out? Pay Miguel with a golf club, and he took out Young and Dina with scorpion kicks and a net breaker, then knocked Rhino off the ring. Doreen edited Rhino with a crossbody. As soon as the finish move follows, and Rhino drove swim for a prop table for a near pinfall. A quadruple powerbomb by Doreen on Young. Mac Swan and Edwards off the top rope was an impressive sight. Mac fought Dean and Rhino and Young himself. But Dean hit him with a trash can lid, and Young hit the pile driver for the win. Emotions ran high, but this match and special, we everything we expect and more. 
Slow Trey was a pleasant surprise. Joe looked great. The Tower of Doom was another brilliant thing. Meteora through the table was awesome with uh, Trey Miguel taking out Joe Dory. The right team won and Young wrestled this with a torn ACL. This was a good main event. Another four out of five uh, predictions. Uh, Dan went Dreamer. I went for Violent by Design. So final scores 8-4 overall to JR. I'm back in the game. Uh, Dreamer's team got 83% of the vote. But it has to be Jazz versus Jana Perazzo. MVP Joe Doring because he did look like a monster in this one. Uh, seven and three quarters out of um, ten overall. Uh, we lost an hour of unneeded shit. You know, like we said we had seven matches on the card, but that Sabu versus RVD match, the you know, the, the Sammy coming out, it just felt so like a normal episode of Impact, and this was meant to be special, and especially if people are trying to watch it before WrestleMania, then it needs to kind of stand out, you know? We move on to the final Impact, April 15th, and the top two contenders, the X-Vision Championship squared off, in the opening contest as Josh Alexander and TJP battled in single competition. What a great match this was to go towards the end. We see an ankle lock by Josh, but TJP counted out of it and into an armbar. Alexander counted that into another ankle lock. The Canadian fed the former exhibition champion his leg, but TJP delivered a side suplex. He tried for a mamba splash, but Alexander caught him in the ankle lock. More reversals and counters gave way to Alexander delivering divine intervention for the pinfall victory. This was a great wrestling match. Matt Starr that stuff was great. The end sequence was brilliant. Great match. Josh is a star. We get another Taylor Wilde video, except this time we see her face. Welcome back, Taylor. Anybody that doesn't know Taylor Wilde, former uh, Knockouts tag team and uh, women's champion as well. Won it with a big upset back in the day. I think 2010 it was as well. So a lot of history there. We then see the good brothers, Carl Anson, accompanied by Doc Gallows, battling Decay's Crazy Steve, accompanied by Rosemary Black Toulouse. Uh, Anson, the competitor, pinned in last week's six-man tag team event, sort of gain momentum with a victory. Machine Gun dominated the action, coming out of the break, wearing Steve down to work at a headlock. The former circus clown fought his way back into the match and rolled late until Gallows fired a distraction by verbally spying with Rosemary on the floor. Anson took advantage of the situation, delivered his trademark spinebuster pin to pick up the win. Uh, this was a little more than a squash. And it looks to me as if the, God, the Good Brothers are maybe a little bit more motivated than they are in Impact. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong by that, you know. We see Ace Austin and Mamma Fulton. What are the odds of him walking out of the paper? He's still champion. So he gives him some bad odds, but he don't like to hear that. TGP and Alexander walk in and talk about their odds. Uh, Pete Williams just his little pity pump walks in and starts cutting a style and style a math promo. This was epic. All the girls are godsmacked, the mouths are wide open, and numbers don't lie. Alexander likes lows odds. This was awesome, and Petey is still ripped. And then Eddie Edwards and Mac are out in the ring because Violet by Design think it's a good move to attack John Dream, Tommy Dream from the match at Hardcore Justice. They're out here to make confidence. He'd be in there with them. They are looking for a fight. Take an arse whooping like a man, Eric Young. Well, here comes VBD. Young said it was beautiful when they took out Dreamer when he missed most of not being able to shove his fist down his fat throat. One thing he's not, though, is a liar. He told Eddie he was going to hurt him and take his world title. Stands there right now. They had nothing to do with Dreamer's attack. Edwards doesn't believe him. James Storm and Chris Saban join the party to even the odds. It's mayhem in the impact zone. They fight VBD off. Storm challenges him to a match at Rebellion. They could do the tango, but at the end of the night, they'll be doing the walks all over their dumb asses. Sorry! That's your damn luck. Well, they need to be on the pay for you. They're all good talent. It's an okay segment for anybody that didn't see Hardcore Justice. Uh, Scott Demore catch up with Jenna Pratt. So, and Susan, 
He tells them that they aren't allowed to go in the ring and interrupt Jazz's retirement ceremony. Jonas says they weren't planning that anyways. Tanil Dashwood's new story is called It's All About Me. She's taken over from where Madison Rain left off, taking a set and everything. Her first guest is Gian Miller. Works differently because her guests ask her the questions, not the other way around. Tanil says she started the women's revolution, but it's funny because she hasn't become a champion yet. When she faced Janet, it would be all about her. Maneuver's confused if she's the host. Apparently not. I mean, this was okay, but I think Tanil will need to show her killer edge to win the title. We on to Jazz's retirement ceremony. She came to Impact Hope for one more title run, but that didn't happen at Hardcore Justice. Going into the match, she knew Deanna would give her a run for her money. Jazz felt she, you know, she had the fire from 15 years ago, but Deanna, being a true champion that she is, knows that she's the present and future of women's wrestling. She thanks Jordan for giving her the chance to fight for tag team titles. Just back for welcoming her with open arms. The last few months have been the best, which brings her to tonight. Fire and flavour are here. Tasha steals his fake crying. Kira Hogan thinks it's about time she goes already. Jordan tells her they weren't invited tonight because they talk too much. This is Jazz's time, so shut up for once in your life. If you're going to say anything, say it in the ring. Fire and flavour ain't got the time for that. Referee comes out and tells Scott Demore he's booking them in a match. Right now, Jazz isn't technically retired yet. Um... We see Fire and Flavor, Kira Hogan, Tash Steel versus Jazz, Jordan, Grace. And the Bayface Bang, the Bayface attack the hills. Grace pummels Steels and Jazz follows suit with Hogan, putting her away and scoring the near pinfall victory for the team. After the match, so we see Hogan then putting her away and scoring a pinfall victory for a team there. Let me just calm down a second. So Jazz and Grace lose. Um, after the match, Jazz continues speech announcing her retirement from the square circle. She thanked the fans for their love and support as the locker room spilled into the impact zone. Tommy Dreamer and the rest of the roster expressed their future Hall of Famer with a round of applause. This was lovely. Nice way to go out. Jazz is a class act. What a career. And backstage, after Fire and Flavor getting a face, Scott Demore tells Grace and Jazz they earned a tag team title shot with their win, but Jazz is keeping her word. But that doesn't stop Grace from finding a tag team partner at Bellion. Jazz has someone lined up. This is exciting. Who could it possibly be? And then ahead of the match at Rebellion, Mark Cardona and Brian Myers participated in a pick-your-poison match. Uh, Cardona picked Myers' opponent first, Jake something, who defeated Myers in a hardcore blindfold match. Uh, Myers overcame an early onslaught by his bigger opponent before forced him to chase him around the wing. Worn down something, walked right into a roster cut by the opportunist Myers, who scored a victory. Yes, Myers won! Uh, this was quick, and then after the match, Myers chose Cardona's opponent, Sammy Callahan. The draw attacked Cardona following the break, but Long Island Broski delivered radio silence. Callahan managed to kick out. This was a physical slugfest of a match. Intensified as the action spilled to the floor, Callahan delivered a suplex, seizing control of the belt. Cardona fought back after the break, tried for radio silence again, but Callahan caught him and delivered a powerbomb. Cardona recovered and delivered a fag star for the top. The death machine, desperate as the moment, momentum swung, thumped his opponent in the eye and put Cardona away with a package pile driver. And this was a really, really good match. Shows you the hierarchy and impact at this moment in time. Matt motivated, and this is his first proper match. I know he's had matches before, but this is the kind of the first one you go, no, 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 he does look quite good. After the match, Callahan grabbed the moment. And he said, just took piece. He said, woo, 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 just took care of that piece of trash. Now on to bigger and better things. Train Miguel, get your ass out here. Uh, Miguel and Callahan expressed his pride in the former rascal for fighting, taking a stand and jumping straight to the level of passion. He said, Miguel's bad temper is what's going to get him to the next level, especially when he lets the draw mentor him. Let's take over. But Trey refused. Yeah, I mean, he should have accepted. Gallon revealed he took out Dreamer at Hardcore Justice, opened up an opportunity for Miguel to appear on the card. Miguel unloaded on Callahan, but the Hills took up a hand and rocked Miguel with a clothesline. They both faces dead Callahan to come on and to hit chair shots to the face. He then delivered an exclamation point in the attack by the way of an exploder 
onto the chair. This was awesome. This has been built nicely for months. Uh, and then we see Finjuice have enjoyed watching the good brother struggle and need to know how dangerous they can be. Finjuice lists off their single and tag team achievements. They have proved themselves to be the number one tag team in the world at Rebellion. They're going to prove it again. And then Matt Striker and Dealer Brand run down the Rebellion card. Sammy Callan and Trey Miguel will face each other in the last man standing. They hope the good brothers can bring the tag team titles back to impact. And finally, the main event of the show is the press conference for the AEW Unified Impact World Championship match at Rebellion between Kenny Omega and Rich Swan. Be get, before we get on that, quite interesting, before the Impact, or BTI, as they do the show, and that they do in the States on Access TV, you can get it on the Impact Plus app as well, and also available on YouTube. And they had quite a big match, they had Nevaeh versus Havoc, and of course these two uh, have been feuding, or have been tag team partners as it were, uh, for the past uh, couple of years, seen them uh, having their problems recently, this is kind of the blow off, I mean are we surprised that it's happening on before the impact than it is an actual impact or the show itself, maybe this is the start so maybe this will uh, kind of lead to um, a bigger match down the road or maybe they just don't see Havoc and Nevaeh as kind of maybe you know true women's division stars but I don't think that's right because impact they've been treating the women's division quite well at the moment Obviously, Nevaeh uh, nailing Havoc with a couple of kicks to the back and went to the back to the sleeper hold. Havoc got to her feet and hit an elbow, but Nevaeh hit with a couple of rights. Havoc threw into the ropes, but Nevaeh caught herself in the apron. She pulled the ropes down and Havoc went to the floor. She took out Nevaeh's legs and slammed her face first in the apron and the ring stairs. Um, Nevaeh managed to dodge Havoc's charge and Havoc ran into the ring stairs knee first and Nevaeh rolled into the ring as the ref continued counting. Havoc made it in just before the 10 count and Nevaeh met with some kicks and a near fall. She then looked in the front face of it but Havoc fought out of it and hit a couple of kicks and ran the boots in the corner. Havoc now had a full running boot and dragged Nevaeh into the middle of the ring for a pin attempt. Nevaeh sent Havoc into the turnbuckle, hit a kick to the face for one more near pinfall. Nevaeh hit a couple of forearms but Havoc responded with a pair of kicks and a knee and a leg drop for the win. This was a good one that cemented Nevaeh in the knockout division and Havoc was able to get some closure as well. Uh, but will they continue as uh, frenemies or whatever we share? And then finally, like we said, Swan versus Omega press conference on YouTube. You can get the full 42-minute press conference. It's, it's not too bad. Um, I probably enjoyed the NXT press conference a little bit more, but it's still doing well. My only thing is, why wasn't this featured on Dynamite? I mean, like I said, on ITV, they don't show anything like that. I don't know if it's a case of they, they show it in America or whatever. But this is title for title, so AEW need to kind of give it some credit. And I would like to see on the Dynamite show coming up, you know, a little bit of hype for Rich Swan, maybe even a fucking appearance, because at the moment, Impact are going all eight for AEW, and I don't think it's getting the other way around. But we see Jerry Lynn and Tony Khan on one side, Rich Swan and Scott Moore on the other. Kenny Maker isn't there yet. Josh Matthews, that's where he is now, asks the media for the question. Swan answers first. He's about adversity in his life. He become the, When he becomes the AEW Unified Impact Champion the same night, it's going to make history. Josh talks about the unification match between Lou Fez and Bruno Sammartino never getting past the talking stage. He asks how Impact World Title of Kenny Omega was to win. Also, how can there be a certified winner? Tony Khan's confident Omega will win and can work the schedule for both companies. He also expects Rich Swan to be able to handle both schedules if he won. Tomorrow thinks it's great that both Impact and AEW are confident they can pull this off for the good professional wrestling. Tony Khan says AEW has a great track record with matches ending definitely. There's no worry there. If Kenny Omega finally shows up with Don Callis. Business has picked up. And Callis has asked the question, was he going to stop playing both sides? He's working for Impact, but he's also managing Omega. Don says he's turned into a roast. He's taken over from Josh. 
Don says Richard the Great Champion is advocated for him to be in the main event for Band of Glory. Omega relies family. So without further ado, the man who brought you Jericho versus Omega and the reason they're all here, he's announced on the podium the greatest living athlete, the greatest wrestler in the history of the industry. Ladies and gentlemen, the AEW World Champion, Kenny, by God, Omega. Kenny Omega says he's talked about his match in the conference is natural to him. He's a professional, a legend. Look how he's dressed. He's taking this serious. Richard's never been here before. He understands why he might be a bit scared. He wants his target, and he picked the cheap outfit he wears today. Kenny says he has to put earth. He's put on his earth to make a difference. Swan is here because he likes wrestling. For that, Kenny gives him a lot of credit. But now we're here. He can say with confidence that Swan doesn't belong here. Not in this history-making event. Years from now, when everyone looks back at the tapes and matches at Unified Champions across America, the match that created legacy of Kenny Omega, when they look back, no one will know or care of Rich Swan. Again, no disrespect. In fact, he hopes he brings his A game. Swan is taking part of history. This will be the last time he will be the cordial with Swan. It will be a war rebellion. Omega extends his hand out for a handshake. Swan attacks Omega and security had to step in and break it up. And that's how the show ends. Of course, let's not forget, Rebellion pay-per-view is scheduled now for April 25th. It's been moved from Saturday to Sunday. That was due to the fact that it was clashing with a UFC event as well. And this was good. Uh, but like I said, would have felt bigger on Dynamite. This is good stuff. The result seems a foregone conclusion now with Omega winning, but another game of impact. I am really ready for the pay for your calls for rebellion with the impact. Go home will happen um, next weekend. We'll have the catch up with AEW, and then the Wednesday after we'll bring you the rebellion pay for your calls. Ultimate one joining us there. But Impact as a whole is just really, really enjoyable. And anybody that has been catching up recently uh, can't really fault it. The way they're giving the storylines, the backstage segments as well. It, it's become one of my favourite programs. I say that in NXT UK, I don't find it a slog really at this moment. Yeah, you know, Dynamite has its moments, the same with NXT as well. And of course, we'll be bringing everything to you. And of course, the huge news as well, the anniversary show will be May 4th, celebrating seven years of the WNR podcast. And of course, like I said, our next episode next week, we AEW catch up, a prelude to AEW, and then the Rebellion pay-per-view afterwards. Uh, before we go, our follow week is Kirk Taylor. Um, don't forget to follow us across social media. Uh, at the at the WNRJR WNR also on Facebook and Instagram across the Google platform send us an email the WNR podcast at gmail.com and YouTube the podcast where all latest clips and podcasts at the same time you should do SoundCloud on your phone also Spotify and iTunes where you can download subscribe rate and review there so that's it like I said next Sunday AEW Prelude and then Impact Rebellion both with the ultimate one I'd just like to thank everybody that enjoyed Wrestlemania week be it the Hall of Fame ceremony NXT update and taste Wrestlemania show itself I'd like to thank you for all the responses and comments across Twitter and of course the emails uh, and the responses from the listens as well but like I said we know what's coming next until then I've been James Rowlands thanks for listening everybody and bye <laughs>